0: back to Mortgage Genomics. I'm your host, Marco Gallo. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in Alberta and BC. If you are from either of these provinces and require any mortgage related services, please do not hesitate to contact me. Call or text me right now at 604-800-9593. 604-800-9593. All right, good to be back and I hope you are all doing well. Um, today, I'm going to focus on three points that I think best summarize the Canadian mortgaging experience. We're going to talk about the application process, the qualification process, and getting the best damn rate process, of course. But first, it's time for the Marco Garage Band creation. This is where I force feed you my newest musical creation. And this is a song I recorded back in May. And it's in my favorite time signature, 7-8. For those of you wondering what the hell 7-8 time signature is, it's, uh, it's that time signature that was made famous by Rush in the song Tom Sawyer. Anyway, this was kind of a breakthrough recording for me. As all the drumming you will hear... Uh, in the tracks was uh, created using the finger tap pads on my little MIDI, mini keyboard. And by mini keyboard, I mean like 15 by 30 inches mini. And to the top right part of that little keyboard, there's eight little square trigger pads that you can program to simulate a drum kit. So yeah, check it out. This song is called Disconnected. Hope you enjoy it. Sorry if, uh, if that's peaking in your ears or blowing your ears off there, I'm just really I'm not that great at editing podcasts. So uh, it's something I, I want to uh, continue to improve upon. But anyway, let's get right into it here. The very first step in qualifying for a mortgage is the exchange of critical application details between the broker and the applicant. And uh, over the past few years, various brokerages, including mine, of course, have ramped up their technical and digital platforms in order to make the process as easy and seamless as possible. So let's start off with the application and document collection and management process as it has evolved quite rapidly over the past couple of years. And I'm going to break it down in two ways. Uh, the old school way and the new school way. And as both processes, process types um, are readily available in the marketplace. So so with the old school process, um, the application is completed either in person or via telephone. Uh, the actual application should take no longer than seven and a half minutes. But when you factor in the pre-application chit chat and the post-application discussion, the call could end up anywhere. From 30 minutes to over an hour. Easy. Following the application intake process is the collection of documents. And this is mainly carried out via email. Um, Nothing groundbreaking here. Just a bunch of back and forth, long threaded email correspondence with several attachments and uh, several piecemeal exchanges of specific details. And really, I'm making this part sound seamless and easy, but there's a lot of action going on here back and forth. So now the application is completed, documents are collected and verified, and the broker now shops your application to the market for a lender that best fits your needs. Once an approval is generated, the broker then prepares the documents and emails you the signing package in the form of a PDF document marked up for you to sign off on, of course. It's also assumed or hoped um, that the customer has a printer with scanning ability, so as to print, sign, and, uh, and then scan and email the documents back. And, uh, and there you have it, the old school application process, right? Uh, let's go to the new agers now. So despite what might naturally be implied by the term new age, uh, you might assume that everyone in this group is young and tech savvy, This group consists of both the young and the not-so-young. So So there is plenty of easy-to-implement tech and software available to brokers out there, and brokers from all demographics are using them. Uh, The new-age brokers have some pretty slick customer experience platforms. So let's start with the application process. More and more applicants are preferring the online application where they can complete it at their own convenience, and privacy. So major time saver here as applicants can complete the application when they return from work or after dinner when they are relaxing on the sofa with a glass of wine uh, or during lunch at work or or during their commute on the way home, whatever, whenever. And once the application is completed, the broker gets an email and text notification prompting them to review the application for completion. Uh, From here, the broker either calls, emails, or texts the applicant to uh, tie up any loose ends that may have been discovered during the application review by the broker. Upon completing the online application, the process of requesting documents is then automatically triggered based upon the details you included in the online application. A requested document list is generated and a dedicated document upload portal is created exclusive to just you and your broker and this uploading of documents can even be done by simply taking a picture of the requested documents with your cell phone Uh, it's awesome total game changer for mortgage brokers you can literally use your phone to snap a picture of your pay stub Or your driver's license that automatically gets converted to a high quality PDF document that gets stored in your dedicated portal at which time your broker then receives an email and text notification that you have uploaded a document in addition to having your own dedicated document upload portal and the ability to use your cell phone to take pictures of documents the management of this document flow is also a big plus no more lost documents in long, confusing email threads and texts. Um, this is massive for the entire customer experience. The amount of document and information collection that occurs throughout the, the mortgaging process is massive. So, to have a point of reference for both the broker who is requesting the documents and information and the applicant who is collecting and submitting the documents. Uh, relieves any potential squabble that may arise throughout the process. So pretty much keeps both parties accountable to the process. And finally, once the mortgage approval is generated, there is no longer the need to meet in person or require home-based printing and scanning of documents for for lender signature requests. All documents are now compatible with uh, digital signature platforms, uh, making the signing process as simple as using your cell phone, tablet, or computer as a signing pad. So there you have it, a quick little summary on the application intake process, um, both the newer and traditional methods. Next item, I want to talk about um, qualification guidelines. I'll start with the most obvious qualification guideline, and that's income. Uh, The most seamless and least painful income qualification guideline is when you are full-time employed, earn an annual salary or hourly rate, and are deducted taxes at source from your employer. So everything outside of this is a bit more document intensive and uh, more critically examined. So, for for example, if you are employed as an electrical engineer on a full time basis and earn a base salary of let's say seventy thousand dollars a year, the document ask will be fairly light probably just a recent pay stub and an employment letter. However, if you are a self-employed electrical engineer that contracts your service out to various engineering firms and end-user companies, the document ask will increase significantly. So as you are self-employed and do not receive pay stubs, and for obvious reasons you understand why an employment letter from yourself would not suffice either, here's what one could expect to be asked Um, in this scenario, when it comes to income verification documents. So the last two years of your notice of assessments, these are personal tax documents. Uh, Last two years, T1 generals, these are also personal tax documents. And likely your two most recent years of business financials, and possibly even more. So depending on the policy uh, and, and guidelines of the specific lender we're dealing with. So just a heads up, your experience at this stage of the mortgaging process Uh, might be radically different than what your pal from the softball team provided during his recent mortgaging experience. So just an FYI there, uh, managing that expectation. Let's move on further. And here's the main divider. Um, When it comes to mortgage qualification for purchases, if your down payment is less than 20%, it's pretty much, for the most part, a level playing field amongst all the banks. Um, They basically have similar qualification rules and guidelines, and of course there's always a few exceptions, but for the most part it's a level playing field. Where the divide begins is when you have a down payment of 20% or greater. Um, This is where the mortgage qualification rules and guidelines drastically change from bank to bank. So, For example, I recently underwrote an application according to two different bank guidelines. And the variance in the maximum mortgage amount calculations was 15%. So to put that in figures, that's like pre-approving an applicant with lender A for $600,000 mortgage and pre-approving that same applicant with lender B for $690,000. So quite a variance here. And on on point with one of my earlier episodes on working with a broker versus a banker, um, which was season three, episode one, you can look that up. I cannot stress how beneficial it is to use a mortgage broker rather than a singular mortgage rep that represents only one lender and one, one set of guidelines. So remember with the broker, there's no need for multiple credit checks and repeat application intakes when submitting your application to multiple lenders, one application, one credit check and access to multiple lenders. Okay, so we've discussed income verification and loan-to-value thresholds. Let's now talk about your credit score and the impact it has on qualification. Um, This is where the playing field gets a little more confusing and difficult to read. So firstly, I'll come out and disclose it right away. And again, generally speaking, the higher your credit score, the greater the amount you will qualify for, but only to a certain threshold. But then again, new thresholds become available when you combine varying loan-to-value groupings and income types. So it's kind of like playing a video game and picking up bonus points throughout the game that can be used later on to unravel or open up other elements of the game that ultimately elevate you to the next level. And with mortgages, your credit score is one of those bonus skins or game milestones you pick up while you are playing. So, for example, if you have a credit score of 680, you are awarded with the ability to expand your debt service threshold to 44% from the reduced standard of 42%. But if your score was over 720 and you increase your down payment to 20%, another video game milestone, you're allowable debt service threshold would increase further to 45%, possibly even 48%. Okay, so a lot of moving parts here. And uh, yeah, the video game analogy was a, kind of the best way I, I could use to, to explain um, all these moving parts. And one last thing I'll leave you with on qualification criteria, and that's net worth guidelines. So to quickly sum this up, net worth guidelines blow the lid off traditional qualifying rules as lenders take into account any substantial cash or liquid assets you may have have on hand. And even more is that not only does it get you more purchasing power, but it can even be used in lieu of qualifying income or lack thereof. Um, This could be in the form of RSPs, non-registered funds, GICs, or in some cases, the equity you may have accumulated in real estate properties. Um, other than the one you are intending to purchase or refinance. One such example of a net worth guideline is adjudicating a mortgage approval based on a two-to-one ratio of liquid assets to approvable mortgage amount. So if you have liquid assets to the tune of $500,000, you would qualify for a $250,000 mortgage on that merit alone. That's just one example, and there are many more. And as I mentioned in my video game analogy, an applicant's net worth is also comparable to earning a bonus skin or a video play milestone. Uh, The more of them that you pick up during your play, the better your chances of rising to the next level. So the main takeaway here is to understand the variance of qualification guidelines from one lender to another, especially when you factor in the intricate details of the varying guidelines. And finally... That leads me to the final item, interest rates. So for mortgage qualification guidelines, I explain that it's pretty much a level playing field amongst all the banks for down payments less than 20%. But for interest rates, this is not the case. And and I did an episode about two years ago that digs into this topic in good detail. That was season one, episode 12, if you want to look it up. So I won't go into massive detail, but I'll jump into it a bit nonetheless. An interest rate today is primarily dependent on a ratio called loan-to-value. And secondly, to a lesser extent, your credit score. A loan-to-value ratio is basically the flip side of your down payment percentage. So if your down payment is 15%, your loan-to-value ratio is 85%. So basically, or furthermore, your loan-to-value ratio is a gauge on how much skin you have in the game. And this figure has become the primary metric for interest rate pricing. In a nutshell, the cheapest money available in the market today is for loan to values greater than 80% and all the way up to 95% and less than 65%. The second cheapest money is from 65 to 70% loan to value. And the most expensive money is from 70 to 80% loan to value. And, um, Here's my speedy explanation for these pricing bands. So let's start with the first pricing band. Anything over 80% loan-to-value is insured by CMHC, Genworth, or Canada Guarantee. And when I say insured, I mean insured as in you, the customer, um, paying for an insurance policy on your mortgage. This premium that you pay gets tacked onto your mortgage. It becomes part of your mortgage principle. So think about that. If you're a bank, you just lent out money to a customer in the form of a mortgage, then that customer actually purchases the insurance on the mortgage in the event they default on their mortgage payments. But here's the mind-blowing part. The beneficiary of the insurance is not the customer. It's the lender. Okay, so... If you mess up and you can't make your payments, the lender gets to file the insurance claim, not you. So there's absolutely no risk to the lender because if you foreclose on your mortgage, that's obviously terrible for you. But as far as the bank goes, they get their money back from the insurance claim. This is why this band of mortgages, 80% loan to value or higher, is the cheapest money in the market. No risk to the lender. So they give you the best rates. And this is why CMHC has made billions and billions and billions of dollars over the past few decades, Um, especially when you account for the fact that the average rate of default in Canada is only 0.29%. And even more ironic, the default rate is surprisingly lower in Canada's two highest value real estate markets, Vancouver and Toronto. They average, if you can believe, between 011 and 0.13% for default rates. And one more note on this, of the three insurers in Canada, CMHC is the only one owned by the Canadian government, which means its insurance reserves are backed by Canadian taxpayers. The other two, Canada Guarantee and Genworth, are private corporations. So kind of digress there, but a little did-you-know fact for you. So in summary, mortgages that are greater than 80% loan-to-value offer the cheapest rates as they are insured against default. Then there's the remaining price bands, below 80% loan-to-value, which are not insured against default, but in lieu of the default insurance, the real-time equity becomes the primary backer against the lender's risk tolerance. So as the loan-to-value decreases, so does the risk factor to the lender, hence the better interest rates, until finally you reach the loan-to-value threshold below 65%, which offers the same fully discounted interest rates as an insured mortgage. So I'll end on this note. When it comes to mortgage rates, um, read the fine print, ask questions, and uh, make sure your banker or broker is interpreting things the same way you are. Uh, be aware if it's a no-frills product, which uh, which by the way I have nothing against. There's some great no-frills products out there, but I cannot stress how important it is that the customer be aware of the no-frills conditions and terms, not just the interest rate, the conditions and terms. Um, the repercussions can be costly if you're not aware and and demoralizing. Like the last thing you want is to be let on for a significant amount of time during your mortgage qualification process that you have secured an amazing interest rate, but to then discover it's either higher than what you originally thought or that it's, uh, that it's laced with substantial and confusing terms and conditions that you were never made aware of so uh don't ever hesitate to ask more questions no such thing as a bad question that's all i got for today uh call or text me anytime if you have any mortgage questions at all especially if you are in alberta or british columbia as I am licensed to service these specific provinces. And especially if you are from Calgary, Edmonton, or Vancouver, as I am very familiar with these markets, uh, call or text me at 604-800-9593, or you can visit my website at homefinancingsolutions.ca, where you will find my complete contact information and other information. Thank you again for tuning into to Mortgage Anomics Canada. Stay well, everyone. Talk to you again soon.